It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. We are starting today congratulating Brian Thrift, who won Major League Fishing's Red Crest Championship Tournament in North Carolina at Lake Norman last weekend. Thrift, who is a North Carolina native, weighed in bass over three days that weighed 46 pounds, 12 ounces, and that was more than enough to earn him a first place paycheck of 300 grand. The second place finisher, that was Alton Jones Jr. from Waco, Texas, who was four pounds, six ounces behind Thrift. But Alton is probably still pretty happy to be going home with a $50,000 paycheck himself. The Red Crest is a really big deal, but so is the Bassmaster Classic, which will take place later this week between the 24th and the 26th in Knoxville, Tennessee. The angler's favored to win? That would be Brandon Polinuk, the young man from Idaho, who was crowned Angler of the Year for 2022. And right behind him, another favorite, Brandon Lester. He's a Tennessee native, knows this area well, and he also had a great tournament year in 2022. But you know what? When it comes to the Classic, you can't count out anyone. So, we'll see who brings in the biggest bag next weekend from the Tennessee River. This week on America Outdoors Radio, we've got four great guests to talk about fishing, hunting, cooking, and conservation issues around our United States. Our first guest that we hear from in just a minute is Scott Haugen. He's a longtime outdoors writer, editor, and television host who also books hunting trips. And he's got a great discounted hunting deal for you in Idaho this spring. After that, we'll reach out to Brooks Hansen. He's the PR guy for Camp Chef, makers of great outdoors cooking grills, stoves, and more out of Utah. They've got a really good deal going on right now, and here's what it is. If you buy either a Woodwind Pro or Apex pellet grill slash gas pellet grill from them, they'll send you over $300 worth of premium quality Piedmontese beef chicken or pork out of Kansas to grill up with it. In addition to this, Brooks is going to share a method of cooking steaks to perfection called reverse searing. This one is a new one to me, and I don't know about you, but I'm already getting hungry just previewing this interview. After that, we'll head to North Dakota. That's where you'll find Devil's Lake, one of the best perch and walleye fisheries in the nation. That's also where Johnny Candle lives. He's a past National Walleye Tournament champion and a current guide and instructor who loves to teach folks how to catch walleye, not only out of Devil's Lake, but wherever walleye are found. And he's got some seminars and classes taking place in Minnesota that I think you're going to want to hear about. Our final interview of the hour will be with John McManus, the outgoing president of the Golden State Salmon Association. Low returns of fall Chinook salmon means there will be no fishing for these iconic fish off the coast of California and much of Oregon this spring, and no fishing this fall in the Central Valley rivers of California they return to. John will explain not only what's going on, but also point a finger at Governor Gavin Newsom and explain why his policies are killing the salmon runs in this region in the Golden State. Throw in a little outdoors news from around the nation, and I would have to say we've got a fun show that's all about the great outdoors coming your way. 
Our first guest today on America Outdoors Radio is that very well-known outdoors personality, Scott Haugen, who, in addition to appearing on television and writing a lot of articles and being an editor for numerous publications, also books hunts. And some of the hunts he is booking are spring bear hunts in Idaho, and he's got some last-minute openings. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Sean. Nice to be back. So what's going on with these spring bear hunts in Idaho? Well, there's some interesting things happening in the booking world. You know, I'm just a little small-time booking agent, connecting with a few of the people who we film TV shows with over the years. So primarily Africa, Australia, New Zealand are some of the big game hunts we book, as well as a few bird hunts, uh, waterfowl hunts in Alaska. But but I don't really book a whole lot here in North America. One of the uh, hunts that I do book is for bear, spring and fall bear in Idaho. And I just kind of hung on to that one because there's always been a a ton of interest in, in bear hunts. And it seems to just keep growing each year. But with the pandemic, there was quite a bit of, of carryover with hunters the last few years. And so the booking has kind of been slow. But at the same time, there's been some things happening in the in the economy, I think, where people are canceling. I had it happen quite a bit with a fishing lodge in Alaska and then recently with these bear hunts over in Idaho. So I'm not sure what it is if people are getting nervous. Some people seem to be, you know, be getting out, spending money. Some people want to hang on to it. But at any rate, we've had a number of, of cancellations. And this has been a hard camp to get into for the last three years. So I kind of think that's what's happening. We have two different uh, camps. One is up in the highlands outside of Whitebird, Idaho. And uh, it, it's up in some just gorgeous country. And we, we actually have three openings up there. And then down in the lowlands, near uh, right near Whitebird, Idaho, we actually um, have 10 openings there. And some of these are for combination bear and turkey in er, earlier in May and, and in mid-May. So you can bait bears in Idaho. So so they're both baited hunts, which are great. That's a great color phase bear area. You get to see usually quite a few bears, and, and uh, you know you can hold out for a cinnamon or a brown if you'd like to. Yeah, but in the lower elevation one, they also run hounds there. So if something happens where there's uh, food sources are spread out and bears just start hitting the baits, or if the rut is, is kicked in and, and big boars are traveling, they'll get after them with hounds with a very high percentage hunt for that one. You know, there are those out there who hear about baited hunts and hunts with hounds, and they say, oh, that's not ethical. But the fact of the matter is, in some places, and I'm assuming this is one of those places, you just can't get at the bears any other way except using those tactics. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's funny because it's it's beautiful. It's actually my favorite place to hunt, probably elk in North America as well as spring and fall bear. And I've never seen a bear. All the years I've been going there, I've never seen a bear grazing on the open, green, grassy hillsides. They've always been hanging out in timber. Even when the rut kicks in and the big boars are traveling, you know, 20, 25 miles a day, you, you just never see them in the opening. They're always in the timber. You know, deer and elk numbers are pretty solid there so there's a pretty good food source right there you know in late May for them as well through June and uh, and through the summer of course so yeah you know you look at the states that don't have the baiting in the hounds anymore and their bear numbers are growing through the roof and they're quite a predatory problem with big game animals and and you know for the people who kind of question the ethics of it you know I just say you know it's a legal form of hunting I enjoy because you get to see a lot of bears and really it's a, it's a very good ethical hunt because you can wait and take a big boar if that's what you want you don't have to shoot the first animal you, you come on to, uh, you get to look at them, so you get to size them up. Uh, you know, they're a very hard animal to field judge. So in, in terms of ethics and, and kind of a responsibility as hunter for predator control, both of them are very sound management programs. These hunts are taking place in West Central Idaho, and for all of you listeners tuning in on our watching stations who can't hunt bear in the spring anymore because the 
Fish and Wildlife Commission made the clearly unsound choice to cancel the spring bear hunt despite the recommendations of biologists with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, uh, here's an opportunity for you. Now, I understand these hunts cost, what, about $4,000 and lodging and meals are included? Yep, yep, they're $4,000. Now, the thing about it is these cancellations were so late that the people actually forfeited their deposits. So the hunts are actually going to be discounted uh, 25%. So the hunts are only going to be $3,000. The hunters will need to pick up the non-resident hunt license, which I believe is $185 uh, this year. Non-resident bear tag is about 230 bucks. If you want to hunt turkeys, there are turkey options through May uh, up until the second to the last part of the season there, and those are around 80, 80 bucks or so. And then Idaho also charges a sales tax of 6%. So the 6% of the, of the hunt uh, cost, will, that's something you can pay the outfitter as well. So it's a great discounted hunt. This price won't come up again, and there are three openings, like I say, in the one camp. And, and 10 in the other camp. Uh, so if you're looking for a group of hunters to go, we have two spots there um, with, with four openings each. Great opportunity <laughs> to hunt bears this spring in Idaho. These don't come along very often, especially at this price. If you want to book one, just go to scotthaugen.com. That's H-A-U-G-E-N, scotthaugen.com. Go to the booking services tab and book one of these discounted spring bear hunts. Go get yourself a nice bear in Idaho and come home with a whole bunch of meat that you can eat for the rest of the year. Scott, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Hey, thank you as always. Planning a day at the range or plinking targets with your friends or... Maybe you're looking to do some small game hunting with a rimfire rifle. Either way, they're going to be impressed when you show up with a Henry Golden Boy lever action rifle. This beauty has a brass light finish, a wooden stock and grip, and a blue 20-inch octagon barrel that makes this rifle handle great, and it is accurate too, especially for offhand shooting. Want to up your Golden Boy rifle game? You can order a deluxe engraved edition or one with a personalized inscription. Like every rifle manufactured by Henry Repeating Arms, this has a lifetime guarantee. Find out more about the world-famous Golden Boy Rifle and order a free catalog, too, at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com for Henry Repeating Arms, made in America, and a proud sponsor of America Outdoors Radio. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com.
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got our old friend Brooks Hansen on the line with Camp Chef. They have got quite the deal going on. If you purchase a couple of their pellet grills, you are going to get a very special surprise in the form of a expensive $300 box of meat. Brooks, welcome to the show. Hey, John. It's good to be on the show again. So what is this special all about? Well, it's all about just finding a good partner that we've been able to work with that provides some of the best meat, red meat, that you'll find out there. I mean, a, a Piedmontese cattle are just incredible, the way their, their their muscle structure is. And just the cuts of meat you get off them is just absolutely incredible. So that's really what it is. We found a good partner to uh, help us with some grills that uh, we just feel like they're a great partner on the meat side and we're a great partner on the grill side. And we feel like grilling season is fast approaching. We want to make sure everybody's taken care of. So one of these grills is the Woodwind Pro. The other one is the Apex Grill. Why don't you go through the, the features briefly for both of them? All right. Both are new grills that we launched last year, one in July and one in October. The Woodwind Pro is the first of its kind in the market where it's got a built-in smoke box over the fire pot. So we uh, listened to our customers, got a lot of feedback, and found that one of the downsides to a pellet grill is you don't get a real thick bark and that heavy wood flavor that you do in a stick burner like these competition guys like. So our engineers went to town and they uh, they just went to building and designing and came up with this smoke box. So now in your pellet grill, an added feature is you can now add lump charcoal, you can add wood chunks, chips, regular briquettes. You can add all that into that smoke box. Obviously not all at the same time, but you choose what flavor profile you want to cook with, and then you can do low and slow cooking with a really heavy, uh, deep smoke flavor with a heavy bark. So if people are looking for that out of a pellet grill, we've got you covered. Also, you can cook at a lower temp with that, so you can cold smoke on it. It's got a fan-only mode, which is really cool. So it's a cool, cool pellet grill. It's, it's new to wine. It's done so well for us, and it's been received amazing by our customers, just the versatility with it. We have that in a 24-inch and 36-inch model. So it's the new iteration of our wooden grill. And then the other you get one the is Apex our, Gas Grill. Yeah, the other one is the Apex. The Apex is also first of its kind. It was launched just last summer. This is the first gas pellet grill combo. So it comes in either a four burner or a six burner. It's, again, 24 inches or 36 inches. And it's got a full gas grill feature. Or you can shut it off the gas and run the pellet grill. It's got a hopper on the side and works like a, it's a standard pellet grill. Dual insulated lid. It's a heavy-duty grill. Stainless steel body. Both of them actually have stainless steel bodies. But this is just a big, heavy-duty pellet grill that is also a gas grill. So you have the best of both worlds. And we listened to customers that said, hey, I still keep my gas grill on my patio. And I want it, but I love my pellet grill, but I still want the features of a gas grill. So that's really what we, we went to, to work designing, and it's been received very well as well. All right. And for a limited time, folks, if you buy the Woodwind Pro with the Sidekick, you are going to get a gift box from Piedmontese that includes nine pounds of brisket, three pounds of chuck roast, half a slab pork belly, two whole chickens, and bone-in chuck short ribs worth $320. That comes absolutely free with the Woodwind Pro Sidekick package. If you buy the Apex Gas Kit Grill package, you're going to get a gift box that includes, get this, a 36-ounce tomahawk steak, a 32-ounce tri-tip, a 32-ounce, is it picana? A picanha. Oh, what is that one? It's a, it's a cap roast that I believe it's like the sirloin cap. I don't know exactly where it comes off, 
I know it cooks really well, and you can cook it like a sirloin tip, or or even grill it like a tri tip. It's it's a great underrated cut of meat. It's a picanha roast. All right, and wait, there's more. You also get two 14 ounce ribeyes and four pounds of ground beef. All from a certified Piedmontese gift box. This one's valued at $310. So your choice, which one you want to get, but take advantage of this. You know, while I've got you on the line, I want to talk about one more thing that I saw on the website. And it's called reverse searing. I have never heard of cooking a steak this way. Why don't you explain what it is and why you would want to cook your steak this way? You bet. So reverse searing is a really popular method of, of cooking like those fast hot cuts of meat. When we're talking steak, back straps, tenderloins, any any type of a meat cut of meat like that. What you're going to do is you're going to put it in the pellet grill and you're going to cook it low and slow for about an hour to bring the temp, internal temperature of that steak all to the exact same temp. So you're talking from edge to edge and interior because it's cooking convection style on a top rack low and slow, the whole temp's going to cook all to the, or the whole internal temp's going to all read the same. So you want to get that to about 110 degrees, 100 and, between 105 and 115, depending on how, how rare you like it. Okay. So you're low, slow cooking it. You're also adding a nice smoke flavor, not super smoky because it's not in there long enough, but it's just getting a nice hint of smoke flavor. Then you're going to pull that steak off the smoker and you're going to move it right over to the sidekick. That sidekick's got either a grill box on the side if you wanted a flame grill, or you leave the flat top griddle on it, and you can put some butter on there, some rosemary, some thyme. You can create your own garlic butter, whatever you want to do on that flat top. You've got that sidekick fired up to about 800 degrees, or your grill box up to about seven, 800 degrees. You're going to pull that off the pellet grill, move it right to the sidekick, and you're going to give it a flash sear. And you're going to sear it for about a minute and a half on each side, really quick, and that's just going to create a crust. So basically what you're getting with this steak is you've got a perfect medium-rare steak from edge to edge with a little bit of crust on the outer layer. Like The benefit to that is if you're trying to get a medium-rare steak and you just put it right on a grill, it's going to slowly cook from the outside in. And so the edges might be done, and then you get to, or well done, and then you get to done, and then you get medium by the time you get to a medium-rare interior. So this is just creating a way where the entire steak from edge to edge is medium rare. Reverse searing. I am definitely going to try this, and folks, I think you ought to try it too. If you want more information about it, go to campchef.com. They've got all sorts of articles about grilling and cooking and just cooking up some delicious meat off your pellet grill or gas grill. And if you want to take advantage of those deals we just told you about with the Apex and the Woodwind Pro, uh, again, the place to go is campchef.com. Get those Piedmontese gift boxes that are full of delicious meat to go with those grills you're going to purchase. Campchef.com is the website. Brooks, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thanks, John. If you're going to be grilling, well, you know you're going to be cutting meat, veggies, and all sorts of other things. And if you're going to be doing that, you're going to need a sharp knife. Fortunately for you, WorkSharp has got some great knife sharpeners made just for the kitchen and for the barbecue and for campers who are grilling. Now, one knife sharpener that's very handy, this is a manual knife sharpener, is the pull-through knife sharpener. 
this offers a really fast, easy, and effective way to sharpen your kitchen knives. It has diamond wheels that quickly sharpen the edge, ceramic wheels that hone the edge. You simply pull it through the slots and you've got a sharp knife in no time. It's got a compact design. It has a comfortable rubber grip that you hold onto. And again, it's just perfect for your kitchen drawer, for your camping supplies, or with your barbecue kit. It retails for less than $35. You can check out this knife sharpener and all sorts of other manual and electric kitchen knife sharpeners at WorksharpTools.com. That's WorksharpTools.com. Hey, if you're going to grill, you've got to cut too, so you may as well have the best of both, Camp Chef and WorkSharp. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. Our next stop today is Devil's Lake in North Dakota. Very well-known destination for both walleye and perch fishing. And one person who guides there is Johnny Candle, who is not just a fishing guide. He is also an instructor. He is also a retired national champion walleye tournament angler. And he is with us right now. Johnny, great to have you back on the air. Oh, it's always good to catch up, John. Always good. Right now in North Dakota, you know, the calendar says it's about to be spring, but uh, not so much in terms of the weather there. No, not at all. If you would uh, take a look out my back window right now that looks over Creel Bay on Devil's Lake, North Dakota, you would swear that it's uh, closer to January than it is April. But that's all right, because uh, lots of opportunity on Devil's Lake with the snow and ice. The perch bite this winter through the ice has been phenomenal. The walleye fishing has been second to none. It's been a great, great winter there. Lots of big northern pike. And quite honestly, John, yes, the the last couple weeks of ice fishing are the ones where we need to exercise the most caution. Sure. But they also can be some of the most rewarding of the winter season. So the remaining ice will be great for fishing. We've got a fair amount of ice to melt, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. But again... Exercise caution, because when it starts to go, it goes pretty quick, and they're only fish, folks, right? There's no reason to put our lives in jeopardy to catch another 12- or 13-inch perch for the frying pan. 
but man, still some good fishing coming. Well, I think that's some excellent perspective, so thank you for sharing that. Now, you're actually on the road right now because you've been given some seminars for Humminbird. Tell our listeners about this and where you're going. Yeah, so right now I'm uh, I'm headed on a little trip around the state of Minnesota. I'll be doing six different Humminbird training sessions in five days, all at Shield stores across Minnesota and a little bit of into Wisconsin. These are three-hour classes, John, where folks actually bring their Humminbird units into the class. I provide a power source and the knowledge to help them navigate through the menus, learn what buttons to push to accomplish the tasks at hand, help them get their units set up properly so they're going to see what they want to see when they get out on the water and offer as many little tidbits of advice along the way that makes their user experience that much better during fishing season. Oh, that is absolutely fantastic. Now, the schedule, is it on your Facebook page? It is on my Facebook page, uh, Johnny Candle Professional Angler. That's the best place to find it. Or you can uh, find my contact information and uh, hit me up directly, and I'll tell you when and where I'm going to be as close to you as possible. All right. And is there any cost for these seminars? There is and there isn't. Uh, The way they work is to reserve your place, you put up $25. And then when you show up at the seminar, you get the $25 Shields gift card in return. So, yes, there's a charge, but in the end, it's a net zero. And, uh, again, it's just to hold your place because classroom sizes are very limited. Okay, this sounds like a great opportunity for all of you tuning in in Minnesota today. You might want to check out your local Shield store, check out Johnny Cannell's Facebook page, and find out how you can up your game with your marine electronics. Let's get back to Devil's Lake, and let's talk a little bit about walleye fishing. You guide out there. Are you doing any guiding on the ice, or you wait until the water opens up? Oh, I have a saying about ice that we'll reserve for another time. But uh, no, I do not ice fish, John. It's not my favorite sport. It's not my favorite sport on earth. I enjoy watching others have fun with it. I'm not going to tell anyone not to do it. But I spent uh, three months this past winter guiding in the Gulf of Mexico uh, in the Florida Panhandle. And that's where I'm going to focus my winter activities. But man, I'm chomping at the bit for some open water here on Devil's Lake because we're going to have an incredible spring. We're going to have a great summer into the fall. And uh, walleye fishing is what I cut my teeth on. It's always been my passion, always will be my passion, and I'm ready to get started when the open water gets here. I guess I've got to ask, you are really a popular guy. Do you have any openings at all this year? I do. I do. Uh, Nothing real early. May and June, uh, they're full. I can't take another day in May or June. July has a handful of openings spattered around. August and September, though, you know, back to school, it's a long way off in the distance. People don't necessarily plan that far in advance. So August and September, I've got a lot of openings. And uh, the walleye fishing in Devil's Lake is still really, really good late summer, early fall. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I love early fall fishing for walleye period. I think it's a great time to go. And as I recall, you have a place for people to stay for a little bit extra price, don't you? 
I have uh, a couple options for lodging. Yes, uh, if you call me up and want to put a package together, we can work something out with stuff that I have or things I have connections with other uh, landowners, property owners around the lake region. Find exactly what is going to fit your needs and get you out here and put you up in a nice spot, get you on some good fish and let you have some fun. All right. Let's talk about something else, and that is the fact that I know that you love to teach and instruct as you enjoy guiding. And are you offering on-the-water lessons on Devil's Lake this year for people who want to become better walleye anglers? I am still conducting some on-the-water schools. This year, the schedule did not work out to hold one in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. I'm still searching for the right time and place to do that, and I'm not going to say that it won't happen, but... It's not in the cards right now, but I do have one scheduled in Lake Vermilion in Minnesota. That's in northern Minnesota, north of Duluth, up near the Canadian border. Absolutely gorgeous body of water, plum full of walleye. And that's the same week as it has been forever. It's the third weekend in September. If you want information on that, again, hit me up on uh, social media and I can get you all the information you're going to need to get registered, signed up, find out what the class is all about. But you're absolutely right, John. I think every angler's life cycle as an angler goes through some specific periods, right? When we learn to fish, we are sponges, right? We know nothing, and all we want to do is learn, 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 and catch, catch, catch. We really don't care how big they are. We just want to learn to catch them. We want to catch as many as we can. We want to catch them as many different ways as possible. For some of us, that happens when we're kids. For others that aren't that fortunate as youth, it happens as we get older. Then it's all about catching big fish, right? right. We, we want that big walleye, that big bass, that giant Columbia River King salmon, right? We want a, a big sturgeon because they're 13 feet long and there's only a few places on earth you can catch them. So we shift from catching many fish to catching the biggest fish that swim. And then maybe for a guy like myself, you throw the competitive side in there. And it wasn't even about the most or the biggest. It was just about winning trophies, right? I wanted to win, win, win. And then as we start getting older, it becomes more, or should I say more mature in our fishing life cycle. It becomes about sharing. And I'm meeting more and more people my age, right? I'm in my 50s now, winding down. I've got grandkids. I've taught my kids, and, and now it's becoming very rewarding not to catch them myself or to win another trophy, but to see someone else catch their first walleye or their biggest walleye or their first walleye on lead core or their first walleye on a jigging wrap, right? It's more about sharing now, and quite honestly, the transition has been fun. I've enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, quite honestly, it doesn't take the toll on my body that the tournament fishing and the guiding does and i can teach well into my golden years and uh hopefully some of the people listening will take advantage of the opportunity to come learn from someone like myself it's a great life cycle and i'm glad to be completing it if that's the right way to say it johnny candle you are a class act sir and i can tell you from personal experience johnny is also a great instructor if you want to find out more about going fishing with him or learning how to become a better angler go to his facebook page johnny candle professional angler or go to his website at johnny with an h there johnnycandle.com johnny thank you as always thank you sir 
We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Attention small business owners, this could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You could recover up to $26,000 per employee today. And all you have to do is make one short 10-minute call to take your business up a notch or bounce back from these difficult couple of years. Omega Accounting Solutions can help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute ERC consultation to determine if you qualify. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. They know their stuff so well that CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. Call 800-300-9ERC. That's 800-300-9ERC. 1-800-300-9ERC or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we are heading to California. And unfortunately, we do not have good news if you enjoy catching Chinook salmon because the salmon season for both recreational anglers and commercial anglers is not going to happen. With us here to explain what is happening is John McManus, the president of the Golden State Salmon Association. John, welcome to the show. Morning, John. Good to be with you. So the Pacific Fisheries Management Council just wrapped up their final meeting, March 10th, 
And they essentially said that the returns are so bad for Spring Chinook this year that they're not going to open up the season at all. Just how bad are the returns? Actually, we're talking about returns of fall Chinook. That's the main fish that we fished for down here in California. The returns are bad. Uh, We're coming out of three years of drought. And I think, as the listeners know, it takes a couple of years for drought chemistry. But now, we did not have a very good return of adult salmon last year in 2022. We had a very poor return of two-year-old jack salmon. And that's a key indicator for how many fish we've got out in the ocean this year. Based on that, we came up with a low number forecast of fish out in the ocean right now. And they've decided basically to close the season down. I should note that procedurally, they won't finalize the decision to close the season until the Pacific Fisheries Management Council meets again the first week in April. But it's basically a done deal. So this is interesting to me because I've looked at the forecast for further north and, you know, the Columbia River, for example, and that Chinook salmon run seems to be, well, doing pretty well, a little bit better than last year's the forecast. Yeah, this is really a sad situation. I mean, here in California, the name of the game is what kind of conditions do we have in our rivers for salmon? And out in the ocean, we've got a, a relatively good situation. We've got good feed for them out in the ocean. The problem is when the adults come in and try and reproduce, too often in recent years, they've been encountering hot water, which kills their eggs, and or for the eggs that manage to hatch and get to three, four inches in length, and those fish want to swim down the river in the spring and get out to the ocean, they haven't had enough water in the river to safely get them down and out. So I know it's a different situation in Oregon and Washington in terms of temperatures for incubating eggs and availability of water in the spring. But here in California, that's our big headache is the fresh water conditions in the rivers. Obviously, part of the reason for these conditions is the drought that you've been experiencing, even though right now, we're talking right now, you've actually got the exact opposite problem. You've got flooding that you're dealing with in much of the state. But I understand that the governor, Gavin Newsom, has contributed to this problem through his policies. Yeah, this is really a bad situation. You know, I don't understand what's going on in his head, but he seems to have simply written off the salmon fishery. I think that because salmon need cold water, you know, in the fall and for spawning, and they need, you know, a chunk of water in the spring in the form of outflow to get to the ocean, I think it's just inconvenient for the big agricultural water users in California who use 80% of the water that's captured. It's going to agriculture and They seem to have the governor's ear, and the governor doesn't seem to give a hoot about those of us in the salmon industry. And I guess we should probably talk about the economic impact. I mean, you know, this is a fishing and hunting show, and so folks that are salmon anglers that are listening are thinking, oh, well, that stinks. I can't go salmon fishing this summer and fall. But it's a lot more than that, especially when you have the the commercial implications. You've got the commercial implications. We've got salmon trollers here in California who make a living fishing salmon. Some of them also fish crab and other species to make, you know, to get through the year. Some of them don't. We've got seafood processors who specialize in local caught, wild caught king salmon. They're not going to be able to get their fish this year. You know, a lot of your listeners probably know that they spend money to go fishing, and that's true in California. You go to any of the ports, up the towns up and down the coast where there's salmon fishing, and you talk to the restaurant and the hotel people, and they know they're going to be taking a big haircut this year as a result of no salmon fishing. It's happened before, unfortunately. It happened once before in 2008 and 2009 
They shut down the fishery in California. A lot of people got hurt. It's going to happen all over. And not only that, I mean, you go to the boatyards and the people that would normally be hauling out this time of year to work on their boats are not going to be doing so. You go to the ports and the harbors and the launch ramps and all of them are not going to be making the money they would normally make in a salmon year. A bunch of empty slips in the harbors. People aren't going to be renting slips this year. So there's a lot of economic pain all throughout mostly the coastal area, but there's also inland areas in California's Central Valley that get a lot of income from salmon fishing, and they're not going to be making money this year either. Let's talk about the Golden State Salmon Association. You're the president of this organization. Obviously, you advocate for salmon, but what else do you do? Tell us a little bit more about your organization. Well, our mission is to rebuild the Central Valley salmon runs because they're the main salmon runs that fuel our fishery, not only in California. 60% of what's caught in the ocean off the coast of Oregon, south of Cape Falcon, which is almost up to the Washington state line, comes out of California's Central Valley. So it's an incredibly important salmon stock. The Golden State Salmon Association works on basically rebuilding that stock. We're the ones who interface with the state and the federal government all the time, pleading our case to leave a little bit of water in the river. We also work with state and federal agencies on habitat restoration projects. There's a lot of money around to restore, you know, floodplain habitat along the rivers and side channel habitat and stuff like that. And we've been engaged in a lot of that work. And we work with the hatcheries to improve survival of the hatchery fish. Here in California, since our freshwater rivers are in such sad shape, the hatcheries have basically resorted to putting their fish in big tanker trucks and giving them a ride down to the ocean where they're released. And that's worked. And uh, we've made big strides working with the state on that in the last few years. We're getting much better survival from the hatcheries as a result of new and better release practices. So we're working in a bunch of different venues. Right now we're in court, basically challenging both the state and the federal government on their water policies. These court cases move slow. We hope to have victory, success, and get some water back for salmon. Anybody who wants to be a member, we'd love to have you join. Just find Golden State Salmon on the Internet. We're easy to find. Well, it sounds like an organization that a lot of our listeners can get behind, and hopefully you can help turn things around in California when it comes to the salmon runs and water management to help them out. Again, just Google Golden State Salmon Association. You'll find the website, and from there, check them out and join the fight. John, thanks for the work you're doing, and thanks for letting us know what's going on this year in California. Thank you, John. Good to be with you. Next, spring is in the air in many of our states, especially our southern states, which are enjoying some balmy weather, blooming flowers, and nesting birds. Spring is also when bears come out of their dens, and in the southeast portion of our country, alligators become more active as well. The American alligator is actually Florida's state reptile, and it's a real conservation success story. Florida has a healthy and stable alligator population. There's around 1.3 million alligators in the state of Florida. They are found in freshwater lakes, ponds, swamps, and slow-moving rivers in all 67 counties of the Sunshine State. That's a lot of gators, and with them becoming more active, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission recommends taking precautions when in and around the water because those gators, they can injure or kill you if you're not careful. First off, keep a safe distance if you see an alligator, and by the way, 
Don't ever feed one. When those alligators are fed, they lose their natural wariness and instead learn to associate people with the availability of food, which is not a good thing. Second, swim only in designated swimming areas during daylight hours because alligators are most active between dusk and dawn. Third, keep pets on a leash and away from the water's edge and never let them swim in fresh or brackish water. Pets often resemble alligators' natural prey. Finally, if you do see an alligator causing problems, call the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's Nuisance Alligator Hotline. You can just Google that for the number, and if you believe an alligator poses a threat to people, pets, or property, the FWC, well, they'll dispatch it with a contracted nuisance alligator trapper to resolve that situation. If you want to find out more about alligators in Florida, just go to myfwc.com backslash alligator. That's myfwc.com backslash alligator. And on that note, it is time to wrap things up. If you haven't already, I hope you will check out our Facebook page at America Outdoors Radio. And please like and follow it. It does help us out when you do that. And if you didn't hear the whole show, you can also hear it as a podcast. We're on all sorts of platforms. Just look for America Outdoors Radio to do so. We tend to upload our show a few days after it airs, but we've got a whole library of past episodes to listen to. I've been thrilled that I've been able to go fishing a couple times in the last couple of weeks, and I hope that you've been able to get outside and do the same. And by the way, turkey season is coming up too in many of our states, so there's a lot to look forward to this spring. Until next time, I do hope that you are blessed and healthy and do remember this. It is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. <laughs>